Anyway, um, yeah, well, you're back. Sorry, I'm sleepy. <laughs> it's because you made, uh, made yourself get up at what time, is it? Six. Yeah, I woke up at 5.15 just to watch you put cream on your wall once. <laughs> vitamin E oil. So ah. this, this is how you heal quickly. Apparently, I got told that by someone you know. <laughs> it works Every amazing. time I have... Yeah, every time I have, um, an I have skin problems. Like, yeah, he tells me put put vitamin E on it. It saved my brother's face. Oh. <laughs> so for Sean's, context, Sean for says that, does he? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> for people who who don't know what the fuck we're talking about right now, uh, Snake has taken a big face plant <laughs> in mountain bike, and he's now eating slowly on what the elbow and. Forearm? Is that I landed. Where? Yeah, I landed on my elbow and my face. Face <laughs> is fine. I had a concussion, <laughs> yeah. but face is fine now. Now it's just my skin that is not there Do you actually Did you have a concussion? You really think you had one? Yeah, I had. It was very mild, but yeah. Um, oh. Turns out I oh. had some of the symptoms from. It. It's amazing how easy it is to get a concussion these days. Oh really? Um, but I landed pretty hard on my head. Like, yeah, yeah. You're going quite. <laughs> that's one of the. That's one of the things. Like, I used to ride obviously BMX a lot when I was quite young, and yeah, everything you do on a mountain bike is like similar but much higher speed basically. So when you get it wrong, you get it really wrong. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're fine, and I'm glad you 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 you've ordered stuff right to to make sure you don't die. All of the things, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good except for a neck brace die. i was looking at neck braces yesterday i might end up getting one of them as well even though you look like oh. an absolute muppet but breaking collarbones is like super easy to do on bikes anybody that rides bikes a lot will know that um so anything that i yeah. can do to reduce the likelihood of that because i think i said this to you the other week like it's funny now my approach to hurting myself when i was a kid i didn't want to hurt myself because i didn't want to hurt myself now yeah. i don't want to hurt myself like the pain doesn't bother me at all it's like <laughs> yeah even this crash i sort of as soon as i stood up i was just like oh for fuck's sake like the the inconvenience <laughs> of the injury it's just yeah. such a pain in the ass yeah and that's yeah, like especially when you run your own business it's like i can't afford to be broken it's yeah that's what we were saying money. On the weekend, we were saying when you're a kid, what what happens? You just miss like two weeks of school, and then you're fixed anyway. Which is awesome. You're a kid. It's probably a reason to just face plant off the fucking <laughs> jump. Be like, oh, I don't have to go to school. Be sweet. <laughs> you should have done it more. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I did it plenty. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> more, more than enough. Uh, well, I'm glad I am. Um, you know, I have you on the podcast today, especially because you inspired this series. Like you told me. Oi, listen to this. <laughs> yep. So for those who haven't listened to the previous episode on this topic with uh, Lexi, Mayon High, we are discussing the what the risks and rewards of exposing your your hobby with the mm. community online pretty much. Is that what I we're think, doing? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, it came about from me just, you know, when you're on one of those, bo- like, you're bored just watching random YouTube videos and uh, this one yeah. came up. You linked it in the last show, right? I guess you'll link it in this yeah. one as well because it makes sense. Yeah. But essentially the guy, well, part of the point that he was making was talking about how you, you as in the general you, everybody has two like distinct reasons of doing anything in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, an intrinsic reason is essentially like, the the doing the activity itself is the reward of doing it so like yeah it's something that you just find rewarding or fun or engaging in some way and like if there's any other outcome from it like that's irrelevant um Mm -hmm. whereas like so for example going to work would be an extrinsic reason because like most people don't like going to work and actually doing the work, but they do it for a reason because it's they need money or whatever. Um, yeah. With something like an activity that you 
share with other people, you might be doing that because you're trying to get attention or you're trying to, um, you know, create a following or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he, he's sort of saying like, I wonder, I, I do, I'd like to do a little bit more research in, into it because he's saying that the more you do activities in your life for extrinsic reasons, in other words, like for some external result, um, mm-hmm. the more likely you are to be depressed. Like you need this balance between doing things for yourself and doing things for like money or for other people or to please people or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested to know whether that balance is different, whether you're, um, you know, introverted or ex- extroverted. Yeah, that's um, a good point. Because I would consider myself like fairly strongly introverted, but, and that's probably yeah. the case for a lot of people in FPV. I, I sort of get the feeling. Um, mm. But what happened with me, and I suspect a lot of people, especially the people in the beginning, we started off doing FPV for intrinsic reasons and it kind of slowly morphed into extrinsic reasons. Um, Yeah. And that wasn't like a conscious decision or anything. Um, But that's, yeah, that's just sort of the way it went. Yeah, yeah, it seems, well, that's what I wanted to ask you. I wanted to to ask you first um, how you, how did you discover FPV and, and mm-hmm. what was your first reason to fly? Um, so in the beginning, well, so I was work, I worked for myself uh, as a photographer for seven or eight years or something. And when I got into drones, it was like right in the middle of me running that business. And like, it was like the peak of me being a professional photographer. And, um, a friend of mine so this is early 2015 late 2014 early 2015 which is like it's not the earliest point of drones by any means but it's pretty early um yeah in terms of certainly in terms of like technology and stuff um so drones were very basic then and um a friend of mine was had been sort of tinkering with them but like non-fpv like big 450 line of sight drones Mm -hmm. and uh caught up with him one day and he was playing with this thing and i think it just kind of like the initial interest in it was oh that could be used as a platform to carry a camera which obviously is a big thing now but at the time it wasn't so much um and i think that was that was just the trigger essentially um that started to get me interested in it and then over the course of a few months of me sort of starting to do research looking at things to buy you know, I probably found a YouTube video. It was probably Sharpoo or something like that. Yeah. Um, thought that looked cool. And then just started to get into it from there. Um, during the time where I was just buying and waiting for parts to arrive, I realized that doing it for um, photography was like firstly very heavily regulated. And yeah. I was, and back then, like, I mean, it's very difficult even now to be able to do commercial drone work in Australia. But back then it was like way more difficult. Like it was pretty much impossible. You know, you, you essentially oh, okay. had to be a qualified pilot to do it. So it was like not happening. But I was interested enough at that point to um, to just do it as a hobby. So that's, yeah, that's how it started. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, as is like... I, I have a pretty strong tendency to get obsessed with stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at that point I didn't really understand like why or uh, like I'm a lot more aware of, you know, the way my brain works, I suppose, by now. But at that point it was like I just get interested in something and I get interested in it and I tend to obsess over it and research it and like uh, you know put a lot of time and effort into it Mm. and so how I started getting into like putting videos up was again like a lot of people in the beginning it was not by any means to like get attention or anything it was just that was what we were doing in terms like putting cameras on on the drones while we were flying around me and a couple of friends that's just you know how you shared things with each other 
Yeah. Um, and uh, I think also um, this was right at the sort of tipping point of the technology of drones starting to improve quite a lot. So like one, I think it was the second or third drone I built was had Kiss ESCs and they were a big step up in terms of like, you know, how much, how well you could control the drone. So the fact that I got onto that pretty early and then the fact that I was just super obsessed with it um, meant that I progressed quite quickly relative to other people that were doing it in Australia. I still, it's funny, I still like distinctly remember the first time I built a line of sight drone and tried to fly it and like couldn't keep it off the ground for more than like five seconds mm. and just feel it. That, that fit, it's, like, it's like you fit... <laughs> It's like being disabled or something. You're just like, <laughs> I want, I know what I want this thing to do and I can't make it do it. It's like complete <laughs> yeah. no idea of what I was doing. Um, yeah. And that like just made me want to do it even more. So I'd go out and just practice like every single day for like hours a day. And then obviously, you know, I got to the point of then flying FPV and I was sort of doing the same thing. I would just... So a big advantage, actually, that's a good point. A big advantage I had at the time is because I was working for myself as a wedding photographer. I essentially, like, I would work in the evenings doing editing and I would work on the weekends. But during the week, I had all the time, you know, yeah. I had a lot of free time. So so that allowed me to, to go out and fly basically every day. And, um, yeah, so I progressed I didn't think I was progressing that fast, but then I started like getting involved in the local community and going to like a couple of races and stuff. And people were like, fuck, how long have you been flying for? And I'm like, I don't know, a couple of months. And they're like, we've been doing this for years. And I'm like, what? How could you have yeah. been doing it for a few years and, you know, not have progressed that much? And then I thought about it. I'm like, actually, how often, you say you've been doing it for a few years, like, how often do you fly? And they're like, oh, probably yeah. do like, five or six batteries a month and I was like I do yeah. like 15 batteries a day so <laughs> even though you started yeah. a long time ago like it's in terms of actual flight time it's you know there's still probably a pretty big gap so and that yeah, yeah that's been the case with me doing a lot of activities in my life so yeah um, it's funny that I see uh, you often see people that are exceptionally good at stuff and then someone especially someone a bit new to that activity you know they might make a comment like oh you've got that you know natural talent or something like that it's almost it's pretty much never the case it's just that that person's put in a lot more time than you know behind the scenes than you might realize so that was kind of yeah. the case with me i mean obviously it's, it's caught up now there's a lot more people that um you know are doing the same kind of thing so but anyway at, at the time that sort of made me stand out a little bit um, combined with the fact that there's obviously not many people on YouTube. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, the reason why I got to where I did on YouTube and stuff was more just a timing thing. Like there just was yeah. not that many people doing it. Um, and yeah, as I said, it wasn't intent. I mean, it wasn't intentional until I probably got to like 2000 subscribers or something like that. That was about the point where yeah. I was like, oh, maybe I should actually start making an effort to put videos up for like extrinsic reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah. So is that when you started, for example, you decided to, to get in front of the camera instead no, of just flying? No, that's funny. Yeah. Actually, that was, um, I mean, I think I had done it a couple of times um, before this, but that was Chad Kappa's suggestion. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. I can't remember exactly when it was, but I was at around four and a half or five thousand subscribers, and like this was not that long after Roadrite had started, and mm. he was talking to me about having some kind of involvement. I can't exam I can't remember exactly what the details were, but he basically said like, "You've sort of got the start of a following, but if you." you sort of need to be a bit more of a personality rather than just this guy that can fly a drone. Um, oh, and that's how okay. you take the next step as far as being, you know, someone in the community is you've got to get in front of the camera and you've got to like show people that there's a person behind it and that you've got, you know, an opinion and, you know, th this sort of thing. So like, 
Um, so that that's that was like a, an obvious shift at about that point. And obviously, yeah, I mean, his advice was true. Like you totally will you will grow a lot faster in terms of being um, like there's. Yeah. I think there's definitely a ceiling to how much attention you're going to get if you're just putting up flight videos. Like it doesn't, especially yeah. now, it does not matter how good you are. It just doesn't matter because you're not going to, it's, it's not going to be enough for you to stand out. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So probably two years, like sort of two years after you, you started your journey pretty much. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And did you, so when he told you that, did you think, oh yeah, I think I can do that because I have, I have insights to share. Was that... Um, were you doing this because you were happy to to share with like your knowledge or wh why did you do um that? i don't really know why like i think and also for me you know the reason why i wanted to get more involved in the community and that is that i also didn't like i'd sort of gotten to the tail end of uh w wanting to work in photography and have that be my full-time job so I was sort of in like a mm -hmm. transition point. I didn't really know what I wanted to do in terms of a career. Um, it's worth saying at this point that now I have learned that um, I sort of, you know, an FPV has been a big part of this journey. But basically, like for me to be productive as a person and like, you know, mentally stable and all this sort of thing is that I need to have some kind of, I need to allow myself to be focused on something and to be interested in something because even if that activity itself isn't like necessarily improving like, you know, my work situation or something, it makes me better mm -hmm. as a person because it makes me a lot more focused. Um, it sort of gives me a reason to put effort into anything. Um, yeah. At the time, I didn't realize this. And so what had happened with photography was very similar actually to, to FPV is like I got, I just sort of like sparked an interest in photography one day, started to get into it, got really, really into it and sort of like progressed at a very quick rate. Um, had a little bit of guidance from some friends about doing it from a business point of view and at that point I had absolutely no career aspirations I was just working doing sales like it was just a bullshit job it wasn't really going to go anywhere and as soon as mm. I sort of realized one day that there was a possibility of doing you know taking photos for a living that's I just did it straight away I literally just went out um, <laughs> I had some early inheritance at that point and I just took the money and just went invested in like a full professional kit and just quit my job immediately and got really into yeah. it like it's one benefit i've always seemed to have for whatever reason i have no fear of failure when it comes to like trying something new like i just sort yeah. of look at the situation and say you know like like the photography thing again i'd been helping out this guy who was a full-time wedding photographer i asked him like how he mm -hmm. got into it and he said just self-taught didn't go to school didn't do anything just you know figured it out on his own And I literally just went, yeah. all right, well, if he can do it, then I can do it. Like, you know, there's no reason why I can't do it. I'm not stupid. Like, I'm mentally and physically able. Yeah. I don't see what difference there is. So one way or another, I'll figure it out. Um, and, I, at the, you know, for the first couple of years, I was just driven by the fact that I found it interesting and challenging. I didn't realize that yeah. that was the reason, but I wasn't that interested in, like, the human side of it in terms of, like... Like some, it's, there seems to be a very distinctive thing with photography where people are into like working with people and then there's people that are into like the technical side of how to use the camera and stuff. And the people mm -hmm. that are really great at photography and last a long time in the industry have a mix of those two. And I mm -hmm. sort of did, but I was very much more about the technical side of it. And, uh, and after okay. maybe like five years or so, it got to the point where, I mean, I'd by no means mastered it, but I'd gotten to the point where I didn't find it that challenging anymore because I'd done enough that I could deal with most situations yeah. and, and do what I needed to do. And so that's why I sort of, you know, looking back on it now, just my interest in it started to, to fade a little bit, um, which is ultimately what happened with drones as well. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, again, at the time, I didn't realize that. Um, 
but when I was going through that period of like my interest in whatever my focus was at the time starting to fade I sort of just became like a more useless person basically I was just like I didn't realize why but I was just like I don't you know I'm just less focused like I'm less driven Mm. um yeah so I don't know if that's okay. like a massive tangent for your uh, question, but <laughs> nah, that that's a good that's a good uh, answer, a complete answer. Um, when you so yeah, you you decided to be in front of the camera, and then you said that was advised by the guy who created Water Riot. Then you got hit by ethics as well, um, and still to be part of this. Did the pressure of making content? Uh, became become like more important at that moment for you yeah um i don't know if you remember i made a video trying to explain what ethics was yeah and i remember this was like very early on and um you know i thought it was a good video and then i just got like a lot of negative feedback from that people essentially just saying i was a sellout like that was that was fundamentally the vibe that people had and mm. I think that in itself is a little bit of a turning point because I was kind of like, it was the first time I, you know, sometimes I think when a lot of people put videos out and they get negative feedback and they say mm. they don't realize why, I think mostly that's bullshit. I think when you put out a video that you think is a bit bad or, you know, like not well produced, it's got a bad message, mm. whatever it is, you sort of know in the back of your mind. And usually that's why, you know, when someone makes a critical comment that it hurts because there's an element of truth to it. But this was <laughs> yeah. the first video where I was just like, fuck, really? Like, I didn't see that at all. I was just genuinely trying to, like, explain what this thing was because I, I knew that it was a bit vague. Um, yeah. People didn't quite understand what the point of it was. Um, and then... I, th- I don't know, maybe that was kind of like a point where I thought, okay, wh- wh- you know, why am I really doing this? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I still at that point hadn't really figured out that, you know, even until I got to like, you know, mid to high teens in terms of uh, followers, the videos I was making were purely just a byproduct of my obsession with drones. They weren't, I wasn't really making videos for the sake of making videos. Like that was probably an underlying force to keep doing it so regularly. Yeah. But generally, like all the actual ideas for the videos themselves would come from, you know, me being interested in something. Like I'd make some kind of breakthrough or whatever and I'd think, oh, this might be interesting, you know, because I do like yeah. helping people to learn and stuff like, you know. As I'm sure, as mm-hmm. you 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 would have experienced, like, um, <laughs> yes, just a bit I of clarity on that, like, like t- I- teaching teaching people, <laughs> you know, like, she no, he's been getting into photography and stuff, like, just trying to yes. trying to teach. Yeah, it's, it's like I you, just you want to say as a tangent, go on. that when you decide you want to help someone, because <laughs> people have no idea what you mean. You said, "Oh, I like helping people." No, well, yeah, you like, but then when you decide you're helping someone, you become a fucking pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> in good ways you're like harassing uh, did well, you do this have you done that uh, and then giving feedback and then motivating the person so as a, as a disclaimer yeah. i do say to you are you sure you want me to help you because you know what that means <laughs> yeah. right and you're like yeah and i'm like all right well <laughs> okay um, but anyway so yep. yeah getting getting back to my point um yeah yeah so i had this like endless list of ideas of like videos that i could make um mm. And I still didn't really like enjoy the public attention. I never really have, mm. but I sort of just got used to it. I suppose would be a good way of putting it. Um, yeah. But eventually, it got to the point where, you know, I, I just sort of ran out of ideas. I ran out of what I felt like were meaningful things to share with people. So that's why the videos like started to to fade. Um, and then, well, the, the other obvious thing, that big thing that happened around this time, if we're talking about the ethics timeline is, um, so basically I was in need of a job and 
talking with Steele and Trappy and that when Ethics was like really first starting out. Like we hadn't even come up with a name initially. Um, we just knew that, you know, there was this business opportunity there. Um, mm-hmm. I needed more stable employment than what a growing, like, you know, a f- stage yeah. one business was going to be able to offer. So that's why Traffy offered me the job working with TBS. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I think it was a week after I started working for them. So essentially my job was mm-hmm. to help manage social media but also to do, like, product development and stuff like that. Um, that's when the house fire happened. Yeah. And that kind of just turned everything on its head because... On the one hand, um, I'd lost all of the like physical equipment that I needed to do anything meaningful, like for TBS, for ethics, for my YouTube channel, for anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then, because I got so much support from the community, um, mm-hmm. that allowed me to get back on my feet to some extent, um, which I'm still like enormously grateful for even now, even though like I don't make videos, but which I still feel a little bit guilty for, but um, yeah, I mean, as much like the support wasn't enough for us to replace like everything that we lost by any means, but it certainly was enough for me to get back enough, you know, equipment to do my job again. Um, yeah. And so I, there was definitely a point where, the fact that I'd been given so much support was like a reason why I felt that I needed to keep making videos and stuff. I probably yep. still do to an extent. Um, but I, yeah, anyway, so, but this, this, just that whole situation complicated like everything that I was doing for work. Um, and mm. even though like I did have some of the stuff back to keep, you know, to sort of go back to work to an extent, we were yeah. still pretty financially crippled by that whole situation. And after a while, it became apparent that I just didn't, like I needed to go and do like other work. Oh, the other thing that happened as well was that, um, so my dad had a truck business and he was unable to work for six months. And so I had to take over his business, mm-hmm. which um, when you added that into the equation, I just didn't have like really any free time. And it, yeah. I wasn't really able to, like, put any time into, like, a YouTube channel that actually is funny that we were discussing the other day how much money we've gotten from our YouTubes. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. gotten a lot in, like, external things from my presence on YouTube. Like, obviously, the support yeah. fr- from the fire, but just in terms of, like, you know, support from sponsors and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, that's obviously worked out quite well, but just for anybody that might be curious, I've only <laughs> ever received a single check from Google, like as a yeah. sort of, I, I don't know for what period of time it was from, but it was for like $112. That's like the total amount of money <laughs> I've ever gotten from my YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> I mean, most of that's my fault because I choose to make videos with like, monetize songs and stuff because i just like the songs better but anyway that's that's a side issue but um yeah so i i essentially arrived at a point where i had i didn't have enough there wasn't enough hours in the day for me to do everything i wanted to do so i had to be selective Mm. to an extent about what i spent my time doing and so because and i had to generate a certain amount of money otherwise we were just going to end up like financially crippled for the rest of our lives so drone Mm. like specifically making youtube videos wasn't bringing anything in so i couldn't just dedicate to that i was committed to an extent with um tbs for a little while so i did my best to to stay up to date with that but ultimately that you know trappy wanted me to go and work with them over in china and like that just wasn't feasible at that point for me to leave australia Mm. so that wasn't going to work out um and then it's sort of the same with 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 ethics. Like, it's kind of a mutual thing where we just realised that I was at a wrong point in my life 
to be involved you know like if you're starting out a business any business and i think i said this to you as well when you were you know looking at photography it's like you need realistically you need to be prepared to earn no money from that business for like the first few years yeah if you're not mentally and financially in a position to do that then don't do it because you're going to end up making poor business choices because you're desperate for money it just isn't going to work out and unfortunately i wasn't at a point where i could dedicate like enough time to starting that business um and added to that the fact that really it was mostly just steel and eric Mm. who were running the business like obviously trappy was there but in sort of a different capacity um those two were living in the same country in the same time zone and could work together a lot more closely so that's why me and ethics didn't work out um Mm. what was the question why why am i even talking about this uh, it was just uh, that it probably uh, put more pressure as well on you. And I think you just answered, yeah, it probably did because you, yeah, so you were asked to do things you couldn't because reasons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think if you, yeah, if you sort of just think back to everything I've just explained, it's pretty obvious that over the course of a year or two, my reasons for mm-hmm. doing anything on YouTube or anything to do with drones, I suppose, had very much, had completely swung from being intrinsic to extrinsic. And yeah. that probably was affecting like my mental health a little bit because yeah. not that I hate doing it, but I like if I'm doing things purely for myself, then that gives me energy as a person. It gives me like purpose and drive. Whereas if I'm doing things for other people, it's the opposite. And if you're just doing, yeah. if you're purely just doing things um, for extrinsic reasons, at least for me, it's like that's not sustainable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when you, my next question was like, how did you handle the pressure? But pretty much what happened is that it just slowly, you you faded away from YouTube. Like I remember your video started spacing out and then until Until there was no new one. (laughs) It sounds so sad when I say it like this. (laughs) Yeah, it sucks. I mean, well, for anybody that's interested, I I haven't made a conscious decision to stop making videos. I just, as I said, Mm -hmm. I very much just don't have anything to offer now in terms of like yeah um even from a flying point of view like i would like to go and fly again but i haven't flown a drone for i don't know like definitely over a year Mm. i would i'm not necessarily competitive in a way but i also would like to if i was going to bother to put up a video i'd want it to at least be at a level where i feel like um you know, I'm flying well, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm aware yep. of the fact that it would take me a little bit to get back to that point, um, mm-hmm. which I'm sure I will get to at some stage. But yeah, the, the the last, you know, the last few years have been like a, a huge learning curve for me as a person. And part of the reason why I've had to move away from YouTube is because I've learned that I have to be very deliberate about what I do with my time like for example um during COVID obviously so Noelle and I worked together before COVID um Mm -hmm. in a professional drone business um that was owned by someone else but we still worked we worked pretty closely together um and that basically folded immediately as soon as COVID started because this the business was like entirely dependent on like public events and like the film industry both of which were just canned straight away in australia um so noelle had to go off and you know sort her sort herself out in terms of work and i had to do the same and i ended up buying my dad's truck business which is what i'm doing now um yeah so that like that takes up a large portion of my time and the rest of my time in terms of hobbies i sort of realized that maybe I don't need to, but I, I feel like it's a good idea to have like specific criteria about like if I'm going to put my time and effort into a hobby or something that it needs to tick multiple mm-hmm. boxes. And an example of that would be like you we were talking earlier about me falling off my bike. So I've recently gotten back into riding bikes and that is because I'm aware that it's an activity that has enough scope for me to like mentally get really into it and like 
mm-hmm. you know, with like in terms of skill progression and practicing and this sort of thing. Um, but also it's going to result in me getting fitter, which is yeah. another box that it ticks, which is good. Um, it's an activity I can share with my wife. And it's also, we've got another dog recently. It's another activity that, that essentially us as a sort of family can do together. Um, yeah. Whereas like drones, as a comparison, um, it other than the enjoyment of flying a drone, I get nothing out of it. Mm. Um, not to mean, not not to say that flying drones is shit. I still am interested in doing it. It's just that I, I just, you know, there's so limited time that I have, like, you know, to get up, like, do exercise, go to work, fly a drone, fix drones. It's just I, I just don't have enough time to do it. It's not possible. You know, something else would 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 end up having to take a back seat, whether it would be my work, my health, my, you know, um, relationships, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm just, yeah, these days I'm a lot more deliberate about the choices that I make. Um, yeah. So my next question now is, it's, ac- um, it's actually good that you had FPV as an experience with the intrinsic and extrinsic reasons. Mm. Are you going to be on the lookout for extrinsic reason starting showing up in your new hobby or it's not something you worry about um i can't see that happening to be honest like i mean it's it's funny that drones is a very unique certainly when i started um it was a very unique situation in that i became like a public figure to some extent in the community purely as a byproduct of one the fact that I was obsessed with it and the Mm -hmm. obsession led to me getting better at it at a fairly quick rate. Um, And then also it was just, it was just a timing thing. Like it was just right place, right time. Um, You know, like someone could do the exact same thing as me right now. They could get into it now. They could be just as obsessed and spend just as much time flying and progressing and putting up videos and everything. And they're probably going to get nowhere because they're just going to get lost in a sea of all the other people that are doing the same thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's obviously not going to happen with mountain bikes or, you know, something like that because it's a far more established thing. Plus, I mean, I have no interest in... I'm not doing it for anyone else's reasons. I'm just doing it because I know that it's a healthy thing for me to do and I find it interesting. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, as, as... like circumstantially, I can't see that being possible. But even if it was possible, I've learned enough over the last few years to like just not, not do that. Yeah. Because there's I've got nothing to gain from it. Yeah. So you totally understand the statement that the guy was making in the video you you sent me. Like definitely extrinsic reasons can can ruin a hobby part of a hobby for someone for sure yeah and that's why i find like that was part of the reason why i suggested it to you as a topic because obviously i have my circumstance which has resulted in what we've just explained but then you know steel yeah he's the start of him becoming popular was exactly the same Mm -hmm. as me it happened for the exactly the same reasons at pretty much the same time he started a little bit before me but we're talking months like wasn't a huge difference um yeah but for whatever reason he's been able to go on with it like it's yeah i I still find it slightly frustrating these days because i am absolutely sure that the vast majority of people couldn't even comprehend how hard he works because it's in a very sort of intangible way they just see the result of his hard work like for example buying a porsche the other day um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that shit doesn't happen by like it, he's earned all of that and mm. to be able to stay as relevant in the community as a pilot as a you know someone developing a business to maintain his like so much of his success hinges on um, his public presence in the community and to have maintained mm. that to the level that he has for as long as he has is like, well, no one else has done it, basically. Some people are sort of maybe arguably as well-known as him, like Johnny or whatever, but they don't, you know, they're not in the public eye anywhere near as frequently and consistently as him. 
Um, yeah. So I'm super interested to hear your discussion with him because yeah, was, I, I don't, I can't imagine how he's done what he's done. Because I see that yeah. he and I have very similar personalities in a lot of ways. Like we have very similar interests, very similar approaches to things. You know, we get on really, really well. But I would literally like I would have. I don't know what would have happened if I'd even attempted to do what he's done, but it's not possible. Mm-hmm. Like I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, like, you know, because sort of what happened with me is I got to a point where even if I wanted to keep making videos in the same way, because I'd run out of, like, uh, natural ideas, I suppose would be a way of putting it for, for things to say mm-hmm. and whatever you immediately get found out, you know, like if you're making videos for bullshit reasons, you will get fucking crucified on the internet for it. And (laughs) in a way, I sort of think, you know, like, so you should, you know, I think it's good that people can see through insincerity. Um, It's like, if you don't have anything genuine to offer, then people just aren't interested. Like, I think what's interesting is that, especially younger people, they haven't figured out that, what draws what draws them to a person or an activity or, or something a lot of the time is actually not the activity themselves. It's not even the person. It's the fact that they're so focused on one thing. Yeah. They find that person's obsession interesting. And as soon as that obsession starts to waver and they just continue to try to pretend to do the same thing that they were before, it just doesn't work because you can kind of just see through it. So how Steele has managed to maintain that same level of obsession, I have no idea. Yeah. I know like yeah. I know because I know him personally that it does waver to an extent, but I mean he still managed to do it. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I'm actually recording. I think if everything goes well, this the last episode with him of the series this afternoon for us. Um, but it's tricky because of time zones, so it might happen another day. But it's going to be interesting to have it back-to-back, you know, your mm. episode that I'm talking with you now and then later on today with him. So how long do I have to wait until I listen to it? Like at least a month, uh, right? Because you release every two weeks. It, yeah, and also there might be some episode in between that I've already recorded that need to be out. So maybe maybe six weeks, something like this. Six Something like that. <laughs> it's eternity. Actually, not really. Cause we'll, still, I, we'll still be in lockdown in six weeks. So. I hope not. <laughs> but um, it's it's my way to, to do it. You know, this that's exactly, you know, the extrinsic reason for me are very, very, uh, how can I say, powerful. Like it can, it can really ruin for me the fun of a lot of things, ex- including drones. So if I don't find a rhythm that I can stick to, even yeah. if it, for podcast then i just stopped doing it which is stupid i'm too extreme but um yeah, yeah. i'm the same Cause i still I, like it i'd really like to put up videos occasionally because i'm sure i could do it on like a really low level or like you know mm. very just infrequently um but i i'm very time poor these days um mm-hmm. yeah i just like as i said with you know, pick like well I think I was going to say but I didn't get around to it during the after we both lost our jobs and during COVID last year I basically just like fire sailed so much stuff that I had at home like from like I got rid of all my camera gear all stuff that I because I knew once I'd basically made the decision I was going to run this truck business I was like well that's going to be my focus so I'm not going to be doing professional photography anymore which therefore means yeah. that this equipment I have, um, you know, I need to re- basically take the, the, the value of that and put it back into my new business, um, mm. which is, yeah. For anybody that did donate to my, you know, after the fire, <laughs> you're still helping me yeah. now because that money has just moved from somewhere, from, you know, one career to another. Um, yeah. I've just been, yeah, I was forced during COVID to have to like pivot into something that, you know that I could still generate an income even in that climate which is a fucking good thing now because what was that March last year that that started yeah what are we yeah almost yeah October now we're still in lockdown and we still don't like what do you reckon the end of the year 
Yeah, I think it will the way be things are going. Definitely December. I, th- I I would say start of December in Victoria or in Australia, we're still going to be in lockdown. So if you don't have yeah. a way of in generating an income during a lockdown situation, you are absolutely <laughs> fucked in this country. Um, yeah, I mean, people will probably get out of their houses um, in the next months or something or two months but business yeah, is like if you're in a business won't be able to operate <clears throat> yeah like i've got i've got one friend in particular who him and his wife both have their own businesses both of which haven't been able to operate during any level of restriction so like even if it's like stage one restrictions in australia mm. their businesses are shut yeah. Yeah. So they have yeah. generated basically no income for like well over a year now and they've got a four-month and a four-year-old kid. Like how people like that manage to survive, I have no idea. Like obviously we're getting some support from the government and that, but it's, you know, he would have lost mm. well over a hundred grand worth of, you know, income in that yeah. time. So, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty fortunate to have had the opportunity to start the business I have now, but I have to put everything I have into it in terms of time and effort mm. and money otherwise it's not going to go yeah. anywhere so um yeah yeah how's your new hobby though if we want to finish like on a positive note <laughs> talking about hobbies um, <coughs> do you like it i mean you could do a whole podcast on that on its own but yeah it's interesting it's interesting because i was like I sp- the first thing i was ever really interested in in my life and obsessed with to an extent was riding bikes this was riding bmx from when i was like maybe nine or ten years old to like 14 or 15 and i was never good at it um like (laughs) relatively speaking at least like so my brother was he would have ended up being professional if he'd continue with it later in life but was very good at it um Mm -hmm. and speaking of the devil He's going to work. Bye. Yeah, there he is in <laughs> the background. Um, yeah, so like, you know, sort of riding with people. Like I, I didn't have the mental strength to really draw anything positive from riding with people that were much better than me. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I kind of getting into a similar activity now is interesting because I kind of, it's the first time I've gotten into something in my adult life, I suppose, where I have like a mental block yeah. about not being good at something trying to have to work through that Mm. Um, Mm. because everything else after that like the next thing I got into was rock climbing and there's a bunch of other things and I've I would say been relatively successful with all of those things so like you know people coming back to that point I made earlier about people see you know when someone has arrived at the point that they're very good at something and they'll make comments Mm. like oh you've got natural ability it's like no (laughs) like my natural (laughs) talent but the only natural talent that I have, if anything, is that I'm good at being obsessed with stuff. Yes. And the byproduct of that is that you obviously get good at things. Um, mm. And it's just been a journey of trying to figure out how to direct that in like a healthy way, a sustainable way. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things I enjoy about the business I have now, it's kind of funny, I still get comments from having previously worked as a professional photographer as, as a drone pilot and so on. Um, like, now I just drive a truck. I mean, I run a business, but I'll essentially just drive a truck and people are like, oh, isn't that boring? It's like, actually, no, because when I'm doing deliveries and stuff, <clears throat> they can be challenging to an extent, which I sort of find interesting is like kind of puzzle solving. Um, but the majority of my time during the day is just driving, which you know, requires like 5% of my mental capacity. So I have all this mental free time to put into other things that I find interesting. So I'm in a fortunate position where I can be generating a decent income, but focusing on something, something different. So if I've got a new hobby, whatever, um, you know, the podcast, whatever, like I can spend that, that mental time focusing on something else. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy that combination. Like, um, and also, I think because, you know, I'm so, um, you know, if anyone does any research into being, uh, was it, introverted, a lot of the, the studies yeah. say, like, you draw energy from being on your own. And then mm-hmm. when you're in social situations, which could even be a workplace, um, you find that mentally taxing. Even if you enjoy it, you still find it mentally taxing. Well, I don't have that because I spend yeah. the majority of my time on my own. So, 
um, yeah, that it's it's a good combination. So because I can kind of spend most of my time still making money and like providing mm-hmm. for my family, but not like just being mentally broken at the end of the day. And then you can't you don't have enough. Like you can't maintain a relationship. You can't like put time and effort yeah. into your hobbies, whatever. So yeah, it's funny that that's fun. Funny the process of getting to the point of realizing that that is you know a career path that works for me personally um mm-hmm. it's obviously not going to be for everybody but um yeah. yeah just trying to sort of make the most of that now yeah that's well i'm happy for you <laughs> you found something <laughs> yeah well i was always going to find something but it's just yeah it's about like being select it's like it was a very deliberate decision with the bikes to get into that because as I said before, it's like it, I know that it's something that brings a lot of other benefits as a byproduct, like being able to share it with my wife, being able to get fit from it. You know, like yeah. I, all, I, I, all I have to do is just allow myself to be obsessed with it. And the byproduct of that yeah. is all of these other like beneficial things, especially, yeah. you know, my age, like focusing your time and effort onto being fit and healthy is definitely something you Mm. need to do like doesn't come naturally like it did when i was in my 20s so um yeah i think it's definitely yeah as long as i don't fucking break myself which i sort of already have but (laughs) yeah that is that is going to be an issue for sure um but i'll just have to be careful i suppose yeah do you think you would like to come back on the podcast to just talk about this in some months or something sure yeah if we'll talk about it off air and come up with some like ideas because i don't want to just come up come on and randomly talk about something but (laughs) i will find a a theme i've gotten better over the years at working out how to focus my obsession and how to learn Mm -hmm. and i think that's that is one of the things that interests me about this activity because it's something that i sort of previously tried it's not quite the same thing but very similar but now i have all of this life experience of how to you know, get the best out of myself and how to learn a new activity. So to apply all of that, it's almost like if you ever had that discussion where it's like, I wish I had the knowledge that I have now, but I was my younger self. It's almost like going through that experience. Okay. Ah, So I don't know, maybe people might find that interesting. I think so. I will. So, you know, when I find something interesting, I put it on the podcast and then people decide if they like it or not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> too bad for them <laughs> i sound very mean <laughs> no well, it's, uh, it's the best thing you can do you nah. know if you're if you're making um you know whether it's a podcast or videos or or whatever for people to yeah. consume like i was saying before if yeah. you're doing it for like reasons that you find if you're really genuinely interested in something yeah someone else will be interested in it in the same way and as long yeah. as you're doing it yeah. for the right reasons, then chances are someone's going to find it interesting. And if you do the opposite and you do it for... If you try to start making content because you think this is what people want, they're not going to want it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or you're going to have a following that, that doesn't make you happy because people think you're into something. Yeah, exactly. You've created this persona that isn't you and you're going to have to keep it up. Yeah. It just doesn't work. I think yeah. you know, with, if if anyone out there is wondering why people have come and gone in the community, that's probably yeah. why. Like there's some variation of that process has happened, which again yeah. is why I find it so interesting that Steel has been able to stop that from happening. I yeah. don't, I don't, I don't understand how, but he's done it. Yeah, so good on him. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll ask him and we'll see what he he has to say. Well. Yeah. You have to go to work, right? Speaking of work. Yep. I sure do. You're braving lockdown. You're not affected, which is pretty cool. I'm uh, not either anymore soon. Oh, you're, you're able to go back to work? Yeah, I'm actually working this weekend. So that's pretty cool. Construction has reopened for people who wonder why suddenly we both you and I can work again. Yeah, it's funny that we both have jobs dependent on the construction industry, but they couldn't be more different. So I yeah, I see. drive a container truck and I work I work for myself but I contract primarily to one company that deals with shipping containers and modified shipping containers and 
that, as you can imagine, is heavily dependent on the needs of the construction industry. And yeah. was it two or three weeks ago? The, the government really started ramping up, like pushing people into getting vaccinations. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody in the construction industry just threw a massive hissy fit one day. <laughs> yeah. And as a result of that, the government just said, right, you're all fucking locked down for two weeks. So for the whole time we've been in lockdown in Australia, construction on some level has been able to continue, yeah. which meant that my job still had a need and as a quote-unquote essential worker in the transport industry i was able to keep working Mm. but as soon as the construction industry shut down all of the need like i'm still able to work but there's no work to be done so yeah fucked basically yeah fortunately it only lasted for two weeks yeah and then on the other hand you what 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 even is your job i i just um i take photos and videos (coughs) of projects of construction projects everywhere throughout victoria so anything that is like rail work, you know, road work. Um, yeah, when I say construction, it's more like government-based construction. It's not like random building being built somewhere. It's actual government project to improve infrastructure. Large projects. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so to improve movement in Victoria, so roads, trains, this kind of things. So, But mm-hmm. I wasn't as essential as you, so there's been time over the past two years where I had to stop to stop working or I could only work if it was going on TV. Um, But now they want lots of things to go on TV at the moment because there's been huge milestones, obviously, that happened in in two years. So that's the moment where they really need us. So I'm able to have some permits for the weekend and I'm going to go and capture some stuff. So it's going to be fun. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be out of lockdown and... I don't know, probably yeah. six weeks or something. That would be about my guess, I reckon. Yeah, but we need 85% of the population to be vaccinated. And they've estimated that. At is that 85? Is it 85 double vaccinated? or? Uh, yeah, I think it's double vaccine. Are 85. we not close to that? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. we're, we're, we're over 85 for single vaccinations already, aren't we? I think we are. Uh, probably. We were 75 two weeks ago. So I think probably now we are. Yeah. 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 Because I haven't had my second. Have you had your second? No, nah, I'm, I'm having it at the end of the month. And that's also when they thought most of us would be done at the end of the month. So yeah, yeah. I'm hoping. Because our age group was allowed to start getting vaccinations at the same point. And I don't yeah. know about you, but I booked in as early as I... Like, as soon as they made the announcement, I fucking booked in. <laughs> and I still haven't been able to get my second one yet. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. I think, yeah, from the end of October onwards, that number is going to skyrocket because yes. so many people that, yeah, are sitting around waiting for it. Yeah, so there's hope. There's hope for it. Yeah, it was fucking pain in the ass to find a second appointment for me as well. It was not as easy as booking the first one. But I... Yeah, I getting didn't. my appointments was hard and then I went to my first one and they said, oh, do you want to come back in four weeks? Which was earlier than the mm. second like the original second one I had booked, I was like, yeah, cool. So I'll just go back to the same place. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's good. All right. Well, thanks right. for coming today. It was fun to do this. I liked it. Thanks for having me on. And thanks for and inspiring uh, the whole hi series. To, hi to everyone that's been wondering, like, what happened to me. <laughs> yeah, you're not that's, dead. <laughs> yeah. Now you've got, now you've got some explanation. <laughs> yes. I will make a video at some point, but I need to, like, dust the drones off and dust my skills off to some extent <laughs> maybe this summer we just go we fly somewhere and and you just come out of nowhere just like sometimes tom smith does in summer he puts like two videos out and then go back to hibernation oh, in winter <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so Fuck, i'd love to fly with that guy one day ah uh, yeah that seems that seems like a long way away now like even just going to another country it's like yeah nope yeah definitely oh well things to to aim to i think to keep your dreams i really want to meet him one day too and fly with him so yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right well have a good day at work all right yep you too (laughs) thanks for having me on no worries i'll be on again soon i suppose yeah yeah i want to so and thanks everybody for watching um for watching for listening that's been two episodes where i say watching (laughs) instead of listening i'm too used to it um if you want to follow the podcast it's onigiri and co on instagram and yeah just have a look and follow us if you like this episode i usually host it with uh, mayon high by the way lexi so yeah that's why i said us but 
for this series, I like having the the one-on-one -on -one conversation. And the next one will be with Steel. Fingers crossed I can make it happen soon. So stay tuned for that one as well. All right. Bye-bye.